Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Patty Connolly, one of the pastors here. Pastor Ed is in Alabama this weekend visiting family, so uh, we will miss him. But well, I'm hoping he had uh, has having a good trip. He will be back in the office on Tuesday. So, last week Ed talked to us about discipleship and the benefits of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. This week we're going to talk about one of those costs of discipleship, and that is our comfort level. Now, how can being uncomfortable be a positive thing. Now, I'm watching some of you, and you're shifting in the pews, okay? So, I know some of you are not comfortable. So, everybody get comfortable. Just put the fanny where it's supposed to be, and let's talk about it for just a minute. So, think about times that you were uncomfortable. Maybe it's that favorite pair of jeans or pants that are just a little tad snug? Or maybe it's after you've gorged from Thanksgiving dinner because you're being polite and you ate everything. Or maybe it's when you're the new kid on the block and you have encountered that to meet all those new people in your office. I want to share with you a story about being uncomfortable because I'm glad Sam is working the sound this morning because it involves my husband, Ken. Bless him. <laughs> when Ken and I started dating, he thought it would be a very good idea to invite me to his family reunion. Now, Ken has four brothers and a sister. They're all married. They all had kids. So we're talking about 20 to 25 people that he's going to throw me into. And for those of you who don't know me that well, I am an introvert. So new situations sometimes kind of paralyze me. But I was a good sport, and I wanted to impress this man. So I said, okay, sure. Then he says, I have volunteered you to bring potato salad. Now, I looked at him and I said, um, see, my maiden name is Bennett, okay? When Bennett's are invited to the church dinner, we bring green beans, okay? <laughs> we put bacon in the green beans, we stir them in a pot. You know, if we want to be fancy, we do the green bean casserole. We don't do potato salad. So I looked at him and I said, uh, honey, why did you volunteer me for potato salad? I really don't do potato salad. Every woman knows how to make potato salad. <laughs> now, he has changed his mind. We have changed that misconception, so don't hurt him when you see him. And this was 30-plus years ago. But I think the look on my face is when I said, say what? <laughs> he knew that he was wrong. So I said, all right, good sport. I called my mom. My mom makes great potato salad. By the way, she's watching. I love you, mom. I said, mom, I've got to make potato salad for Ken's family. Long pause. Patty, you don't make potato salad. 
why don't you bring green beans? <laughs> Mom, he said potato salad. I did not tell her what he said, by the way, because I wanted her to like him. So I did not tell her that part. So she said, why don't you get the ingredients? Here they are. Come up to the house, and we'll make potato salad. So we did. I took my nicest bowl. We did the potato salad, took it to the reunion. Everybody liked it did not get sick, and his mother comes up to me and says, this is very good potato salad. And I said, well, this is the first time I made it. Well, why did you volunteer to bring it? Why not? Because your son said every woman knows how to make potato salad. And she looked at him and said, I raised you better than that. <laughs> so to this day, Ken is still uncomfortable over potato salad. And I was very comfortable by the end of the reunion, by the way. They liked me. So, I, all that to say that today's scripture is about the Good Samaritan. And I want to talk a little differently about the Good Samaritan today because when we do it in Bible school or Sunday school, we learn that everybody is our neighbor. But I want to talk to you about maybe how God puts us in uncomfortable situations. So let's read our scripture this morning. I'm going to read from Luke 10, 25 to 37. Here's the word of the Lord. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus replied. How do you read it? Jesus, the lawyer answered, Love the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, But who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's do a little bit of background. A priest is a modern-day preacher. He brings the word, 
and he ministers to his congregation. A Levite is from the tribe of Levi. And he would be like our folks who set up the communion table or usher or prepare our sanctuary for service. So the priest and Levi are going down from Jerusalem. Now what is in Jerusalem? Their church, the temple. So they're coming home from service. Now if they were going to service and they had touched the injured man, they would have been designated unclean and could not perform their services. They were not allowed in the temple. But since they were coming back from the temple, going home, this was not an option. This was not, should not have been a consideration. Plus, Jewish law told them if they encountered a dead body, they were to bury it immediately. That was their duty. If they encountered an injured person, they were to give first aid. They were to save a life. It was in their law. Now, our scripture doesn't indicate what culture the injured man was from, but we can assume he was Jewish because Jesus was talking to a Jewish lawyer. And our hero, the Samaritan, is from a group of people who were considered outcasts because they were considered unclean. They were different. They were the product of intermarriage between Assyrians and Jewish people. So they were not pure Jews. So that sets us up. So we have a priest and a Levite, and they see the injured man. They have a choice. They can either minister to the injured man, but they not only passed by, they passed by on the other side of the road. They went clear around this man. Why? Different culture. Maybe because he was beat up too badly. They thought he was dead. We don't know the reason. But they made the choice because they were uncomfortable to move away from the situation. Which brings me to ask, what situations do we move away from? What people do we move away from because they make us uncomfortable? Now, I know right now, given the basketball game last night, that some of you Carolina fans would not rescue a Duke alumni if it paid you. However, it just begs the question, who makes us uncomfortable? Who makes us make that choice? But our hero, the Samaritan, moves toward the stranger. Now, he could have been declared unclean. He could have been attacked himself. He could have been shunned. But he chose compassion for this person 
that was different than us. See, God's in the business of making us uncomfortable. Just not so we feel bad, but so we move, we change, we transform. And isn't that our mission statement here, making disciples transformed for the work of Christ? That's my thing. Let me show you a slide from C.S. Lewis, a quote. I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I would not recommend Christianity. This from the author of the Chronicles of Narnia and Mere Christianity, a powerful theologian, and he's been made uncomfortable many times. You have two choices when you're uncomfortable. You can either settle in, stay where you are, tolerate being uncomfortable, and just be complacent. Just ignore it. Or you can move forward, be something new, see what God's doing in your life. God's made a lot of people uncomfortable in our days. In the Bible, look at Abraham. God told him to leave his home and his country, pack up his family, and move to Canaan. And it wasn't even named Canaan then. Now, I know many of us have moved to different states. Some of us have moved to different countries. So talk about uncomfortable. But Abraham had a choice. Stay put and not become the father of many nations in a new land or move out of the land into a land he did not know. And he chose to move. So what about Ruth? She is a Moabite woman who's married to an Israelite. And all the male members of her family die. She could have stayed right there. But she went to a country that was foreign to her with her mother-in-law. And one of her descendants is Jesus Christ. How about Paul? Now, God really made Paul uncomfortable. He hit him with a lightning bolt, the way I look at it. And he had no choice. He either could move and sit there or get up in faith, not knowing where he was going, and trust that God knew where he was going. Paul had all the prestige and power anybody would want. He was a good friend of the Roman government. Yet he turned his back on that to change and move. So what's our common theme here? All these people made choices, whether to stay complacent, happy where they are, or to take an opportunity to grow, to step out. And I think this is our challenge today. Discipleship is one of transformation, of growth. In my own life, I saw a dissatisfaction in my personal discipleship. 
I was just uncomfortable. I knew God had something else for me, and I didn't know where it was. But when doors started to open and I walked through, God put me into ministry. Still a shock to my family and me, but he did put me in ministry. And I can also now appreciate being uncomfortable and to be attentive to it because then I know God is moving in my life. So how about you? Where is God making you uncomfortable? Are you ignoring it? Are you willing to say, God, what are you calling me to do? That's a risk, but a risk he wants us to take. Ken reminded me with his work with folks with addiction that a person doesn't change a habit until something makes us so uncomfortable that we have to change. Do you have a habit that maybe God's speaking to you about? I often think of my attachment to my cell phone. And I'm old enough to remember when there was no such things as cell phones and you could leave the house with not a panic. But now, if I leave my cell phone, I turn around and I go back and get it. Maybe you have a habit that God's speaking to you about. Or maybe he's speaking to you about your personal discipleship. Lent is a time of not only repentance, but of growth, of moving closer to God. Is he making you so uncomfortable just so that you will move closer? Your challenge today is to sit in that uncomfortableness and say, God, what will you have me? What will you have me do? Where would you have me go? What changes do you want to see? Because that's what we're called to do. This morning we are going to celebrate communion. And I'm so thankful that Justin will be over the table with us. Thank you for, for doing that for me. And I'm going to ask you as you come forward... Be open enough to say, God, where is it? What are you trying to say? In the United Methodist Church, we practice an open table, so all are welcome. All are welcome to God's throne, and all are welcome to say, God, what do you want me to do? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, will you pray with me? God, as we feel so uncomfortable right now and so on edge, we know you are here. We know that you are speaking. And as we come before your table, speak. We open our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit, and be with us as we celebrate again a meal with your family. Amen.